Hello there, Truji. You want to come do the show? Come on, it's okay. You can sit. Come on. Come on, Truji. Come on. She took a step closer to the chair, and now she's re-evaluating. Oh no, we have a big, beautiful bird caw! here ready to record a podcast, a caw cast, if you will. Oh, she sits. She sits. Aw. She put on headphones. Caca! Caca! <laughs> oh, I have a flock. I have a big, beautiful bird here on the podcast. Caca! 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 I don't know. Why are we making bird sounds? I don't know. Because you're a burb. Am I okay? I don't know. You're a burb. You're a cute little burb who flew into the studio today ready to record. You have lots of worm thoughts to share about your worm breakfast. Hello, everybody. We've been quarantined for 150 days. Brian, can you please tell me what you had for breakfast? For breakfast. Well, there is a prologue or a prelude, if you will, to the breakfast this morning because last night we got Chinese takeout. And when we get Chinese takeout, we always prepare. Through that preparedness, we decided that this morning we would have our favorite post-Chinese food breakfast. So for breakfast, we had this beautiful, beautiful breakfast of Singapore Mi Fun with a fried egg on top, which is one of my like comfort breakfasts from when I was a child. One of my favorite things to do is take these noodles and fry them up. Uh, we have a wok that's big enough to do this, uh, but any sort of like heavy pan will do as well if you do it in batches. Because we did a whole order that was like, what, 10 bucks for the two of us. Yeah, something like that. All dollars whatever and it was so easy and so choice and it was one of those things where you wake up after having a rambunctious night of takeout and breath of the wild as we did last night yeah and basically you can kind of do this with any american chinese like food noodle mm -hmm. you can do this kind of treatment where you like heat it up back up in a pan get it crispy and then put a fried egg on top like in my family we used to do that with lo mein we'd do it with like um you've done it with pad thai before which is something that was new to me recently and the thing about singapore mi fun that i feel makes it like particularly perfect for this kind of treatment is that like the Singapore Mi Fun sauce, first of all, the noodles are thin, so they get crispy really quickly in yes. a pan. And then also, there's kind of like a Chinese five spice like curry situation happening with Singapore Mi Fun that is just like absolutely so, so, so good. And there's usually shrimp in it or chicken in it. It's one of my favorite things to order from Chinese food places, and I feel like... I, I don't usually see people order that when we order Chinese food together. Yeah, I never had it until you got it for us one day and we fried it up for breakfast. And uh, the one we had this morning had beef and shrimp in it. And oh my God, it was good. So, so, so good. On this, in the year of our Lord, episode 59 of Most Important Meal, what are we talking about today? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the big breakfast event that we had the other day for our, for our roommate Kim's birthday? Oh my God. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I feel like uh, this is Justin's podcast that he does with his daughter. <laughs> and I'm just like a rambunctious child okay, that you need Charlie, to Charlie, what are we doing on the show today? <laughs> okay, so my best friend Kim and our roommate Kim. Who are the same person. Who are the same person. why you said it like that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> friend of the show, friend of our lives, friend, one of my oldest friends, Kimberly McCormick. She's 85 years old. <laughs> Um, no, she's our age. Yeah, she she just turned twenty eight this past week, and uh, she is a like 
quintuple Leo. And I thought the best way to celebrate her would be to have a high tea for her birthday. And this is not something that we do very frequently, but like I, and I think Kim as well, which is why we bonded over this. We like were specifically the kind of like 2010 Tumblr girls (laughs) who like had way too many teapots. Like I was the kind of person where when I went to my freshman year of college in 2011, I brought not one, not two, but three teapots to uh, my freshman year of college. That's a lot of teapots. It's a lot of teapots, and it's a very specific level of twee that I was trying (laughs) to, and I think succeeding in accomplishing. And I think that it's kind of like former Harry Potter kid, wish I had a British boyfriend, tea party like Zoe Deschanel bangs kind of person. Emily Autumn like style. Floral skirt. Like hot topic. Yeah, like made a skirt out of an old tablecloth. Late two thousands Tim Burton esque. Like maybe complains that they were born in the wrong era. Ooh, listens oh, to a lot hurts. of like big band jazz. <laughs> And I say this because this is the person that I was. Oh, my God. For me, the, like, born in the wrong era kind of thing was 70s rock music. I was so about Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. Oh, when I first started getting into music, I, like... I was one of those, like, horrible Beatles people who, like, (laughs) thought that. I was like, oh, this is just, like, no music that's better than the Beatles. Well, I don't think there can ever be music like the Beatles again because of the phenomenon surrounding it. Yeah. I once dated someone who had a chest tattoo that said all you need is love on it that was, like, (laughs) gigantic. And I was just like, are we doing this in our year 2020? Well, I didn't date them in 2020, but they still have the tattoo in 2020. (laughs) I mean, I guess there are ways that they couldn't, but also... (laughs) Yeah. It's assumed that they would still have the same tattoo from when you dated them. Yeah. Unironic Beatles people. That's... (laughs) (laughs) And we know unironic Beatles people who I love very dearly and are not awful people. Yeah, no, no, we're not, we're not saying that. I'm but saying you know that, like, who you are. Yeah, I definitely, I went through a period in eighth grade where I was like, oh, the, the Beatles are the only good music, and Jimi Hendrix, and like that era of like '60s classic rock was just like everything to me. Which is to say, we are the prime demographic for having a high tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really lost the thread there. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, so we did high tea for Kim's birthday. Although, actually, our roommate James, who joined us for high tea, clarified that actually what we did was not high tea. Ooh. So there's, like, two... I'm. Oh, my God. The people listening to our podcast that actually, like, are from the UK are <laughs> going to be so upset that we're describing it like this. Oh, my God. But they apparently, will be screaming at But us. apparently high tea, like, refers to, like higher chairs like there's afternoon tea where you'd be at like a like a shorter tea table and then there's high tea which is like after work like going to kind of like a bar stool height table oh interesting i didn't know that yeah so technically we we don't have a dining room in our house so we just like set up a folding table in our living room so technically we did afternoon tea afternoon I guess. tea okay that makes sense yeah awesome but kim is gluten-free so we made uh i made gluten-free 
scones. Scones were another thing that like I made a lot in my 2010 Tumblrina like life. <laughs> I really perfected a scone recipe, but this was my first time making a gluten-free recipe and they I think were, it came out great. They were so good. I, I I only ever had scones before when I think Dunkin Donuts did scones Duncan for a little scones? bit for a little bit you know what real time fact check here's the thing there's no way that duncan did scones that's like so off brand for them they did the cronuts for a while oh my god <gasps> oh my god so i found a forum post from stop it january 31st 2003 which stop it would have been when i had these scones so who had the new scone from Dunkin' Donuts? You guys want a Yahoo? Uh, this is from user Pete's mom. Thank you, Pete's mom. It's Yahoo Answers user Pete's mom who asks, So who had the new scone from Dunkin' Donuts? Have had all three blueberry, maple, walnut, and raspberry chocolate. Talk about addictive. Mind blown emoji. Oh my God. And then uh, one of the top comments. Actually, I think the only comment yep. is from uh, Pooh Bear 123 uh, Thank you, Pooh Bear 123 uh, who responded, Not me. Anyone else? <laughs> Oh my god! <gasps> oh, I want to. Pete's get... mom goes on to describe it as it's like the top of a muffin, but without the cakey bit. Everyone throws away. Okay, not only you're doing muffins wrong, but Duncan definitely did scones wrong. I remember thinking it was just like a muffin. Well, no, but here's the, here's the thing. So American scones are way different from British scones. Mm -hmm. American scones are like Americans as people. Like they're way too like sweet and like usually there's kind of a glaze. There's usually like fruit in it and stuff like that. They're like really complicated. Mm -hmm. You tweet at me if if I'm wrong, but I I know that this is correct. Like for the most part, British scones are like what we would refer to as biscuits, which they would refer to as cookies. Cookies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, biscuits, cookies, British uh, scones. British scones are American biscuits, which are different than British biscuits, which yes. are American cookies. Yes. Oh, my God. This word salad of jumbleness is really going to be fun to edit. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to lose every listener we've ever had from the UK. So, so we made scones. You yeah, made scones. I made scones. Um, I can put the recipe that I used in the uh, description. It's not the description. It's that's the YouTube. show notes. In the show YouTube. notes. I've never heard a podcast before. <laughs> I, I can put the recipe that I used from Pinterest uh, in the show notes. But the only thing that I did is I replaced the regular glutinous flour with uh, like a like a one-to-one -one red mill flour. It was so freaking good. I had never had a scone like that before because the only one I'd had before was, again, Duncan's crappy 2003 scones. Yeah. And like those are, those were cakier. Like they're just not the same because like. That kind of pastry just doesn't have a place in, like, the American lexicon. Because I, I feel like, for the most part, people are like, oh, if you're making a, like, pastry to go along with coffee, that thing should be sweet. Like, mm -hmm. I can't think of any other pastry that Americans eat with coffee that is not sweet. Yes, it is. Uh, the, the scones you made and the scones that I also made the, a few days later, because I tried my hand at them, they're not very sweet. They're very flaky. And they take very, very well to various toppings and spreads. Yeah. And I'll also say... We compare them to biscuits because that's the closest thing, but they're not biscuits. Mm -hmm. They're a lot harder, and I wouldn't really describe them as flaky. Mm -hmm. The structure inside of them is, like, a little bit spongy. It's just a perfect receptacle for clotted cream and yes. jam, which Brian made clotted cream, which is absolutely bananas. It was absolutely wild. Before we move on to the clotted cream I made, I have a clip to play from a BBC video we found about afternoon tea, and this is uh, what we learned about scones, as they say. Now, the best part of an afternoon tea, the scones. scones and scones. yes, we do say scone, not scone. Scones. Now, 
Never use a knife to cut into your scone to open it. Instead, we break it in half. When it comes to layering your scones, it really doesn't matter which way round the jam and the cream go. Unless you are in the southwest of England. The Cornish insist that the cream goes last. The Devonians insist the cream goes first. When we were watching this video, our roommate James said, that's the most British disagreement to have. (laughs) (laughs) It's so British. I will say, I don't really understand the idea of putting jam first and then the clotted cream. Because the clotted cream that Brian made was like thicker so i feel like if you had put the jelly down first and then put the clotted cream on top at least the one that you made i feel like it would have like smeared all the jelly underneath Mm -hmm. and would have like pushed it out to the sides yeah in constructing our biscuits with uh cream and jelly which by the way i want to point out none of the people that live across the pond from us have called it clotted cream they just say cream which I think is interesting. Maybe like clotted cream. is a bad word. It's a bad it word. It makes not, me think of blood. Yeah, no, it is not a good. But also they they do the blood pudding, so I don't know what's going on <laughs> over there. <laughs> so explain explain your clotted cream. So I used a recipe from Babish, uh, from binging with Babish. The video will be in the description. Uh, it is from the Phantom Thread episode he did. It was a whole breakfast order wherein he also made scones jam scones scones, thank you and uh clotted cream in addition to welsh rarebit which will be for another episode we also tried that i didn't quite like it i didn't get it it's very simple all you do is you take uh heavy cream put it in a low oven for 12 freaking hours which is a very 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 long time and then let it cool completely for another 12 hours there were several problems with this. One, I did. I realized I did my scheduling wrong and did not have 24 solid hours to make this clotted cream. Sagittarius. <laughs> no scheduling skills. And two, I realized uh, everyone in their own clotted cream recipe mentions you cannot do it with ultra-pasteurized heavy cream, which is cooked to a specific temperature in order to kill off any other number of pathogens. You're only supposed to do this with regular pasteurized So uh, you get cream. all the all the little boys in so it. So you get all the little boys. You gotta have the boys. My clotted cream brings all the little boys to the yard. I don't like that. Damn right. It's Please cut this spread out. Spread on a scone. Do not put this in the podcast. Absolutely I will. <laughs> and I realized uh, I only had heavy cream that was ultra pasteurized. Everyone says not to use it, so I was terrified of the worst happening. I don't know what the worst is, but uh, turns out I tried it. I found a Reddit user. The link will be in the uh, in the show notes that said, life pro tip, you can use ultra-pasteurized heavy cream for clotted cream. Now, Reddit is usually a, a wretched hive of scum and villainy I do not like spending much time on, but... All I needed was a little encouragement from a random Reddit user to think, okay, I think I can do this. And how did I do this with not uh, 24 hours to go before our high tea? I used the Instant Pot. I boiled the cream using the yogurt setting and then put it on the keep warm setting for 10 whole hours to simulate a low oven for that amount of time. It wasn't great. It wasn't as brown in the pot as uh, Babish's was when he used like a gas oven for 12 hours, which also uh, has its own whole myriad of other problems, leaving a gas oven on for 12 hours. And after cooling it, Uh, For only about five or six hours, because, again, I didn't have a full 24 to do this. 
it turned out beautifully. It was so good. It was so unbelievably I, I good. guess I don't know if it tasted like clotted cream is supposed to taste. Because um, in some videos, it seems like the texture of other people's clotted cream is a little bit like more whipped than yours was. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really, really delicious. Mm-hmm. And I could not stop eating it. I will let Babish tell it. And then we are left with clotted cream, one of life's very, very few true unabashed pleasures. Use caution when making this. You will get addicted to it. And it is hilariously unhealthy. It is so unbelievably good, and I can't get over how much it improved the scones. Because when I first tried it alone, it tasted like a flavorless butter. But when paired with a scone, scone, thank you, and a tasty jam from When Pigs Fly, it truly shines. There's something about, so I would sometimes see pictures of people like with a, like a scone and clotted cream and jam on top, and I would think to myself, like, that's way too much butter. Like I would think I, so I once had the experience of like having buttered toast when I was very, very sick. And so now the thought of like too much butter on toast, even to this day, it makes me feel kind of like sick. <laughs> and So I would look at these pictures of like scones with like all the clotted cream on them. That looks like butter. And I would be like, Oh no, that sounds disgusting, <laughs> but it's literally so good. It is so different than butter. And I can't describe why it is so different than butter. This is something that I have to recommend you try try for yourself and if you do try it let us know also we made a ton of extra clotted cream because we just used a whole carton of it for this we have so much left over we don't know what to do with it please tweet at us at mim podcast what can we do with clotted cream that is not scones yeah we can't keep making scones they're like fine <laughs> but i and like i liked making them and i think that this is a good use like a use case scenario for for scones but i don't want to keep making scones mm-hmm. they're like just fine I really like them. So uh, we made, after high tea happened on Kim's birthday, we made our own scones uh, again. Uh, I tried my hand at them because Truge used her recipe that was tried and true, used a gluten-free flour for Kim's uh, high tea, afternoon tea, excuse me. And when Truge told me the similarity to American biscuits in how you make them and the same principles applying in terms of fluffiness and layers and things like that, I uh, turned to a recipe from All Things Barbecue, my favorite YouTube channel, about uh, biscuits, because they made biscuits and gravy one time. And so I applied that same principle that uh, Chef Tom from All Things Barbecue is about to describe in this clip to the scones. And here's how they turned out. And this will give us six biscuits, six square biscuits. Now I'm just going to trim off the very edges here. If you get a nice clean cut, that can help you get a little extra lift. Also, it's going to make our biscuits look a little cleaner. Yeah, that's the thing with with scones is that you can't wiggle around the like device that you're using to cut them, whether it's a cookie cutter or like a knife, because like they puff up a lot. They don't get a, a whole lot bigger like laterally, but they really puff up like vertically vertically Mm -hmm. and if you wiggle too much it like ruins the cell structure and so they don't puff up as much i cannot recommend square biscuits or square scones scones highly enough because the waste you get so imagine you roll out a big sheet of dough and you use a circular cutter to punch out biscuits you have a ton of leftover dough that does not roll up again very nicely and is very hard to bake off as its own thing even with the scraps i made from uh i made one scone from the scraps 
and it turned out weird and lumpy and not very good. The rest were I mean, all very good. I mean, it was good. pretty good. I recommend, I really like making scones uh, in a wheel. So, like, you kind of take all of the dough and, like, form it into, like, a disc that's, like, maybe an inch thick. And then just take a very sharp knife and, like, cut uh, little wedges out of it. Yes, there is zero waste in that. Everything is, like, completely used. Yeah, I really like it because I also think that they're just kind of pretty looking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I really like uh, doing that with my scones. Yeah, uh, I've noticed a lot of people do circular online but uh when you do that there's a lot of waste that doesn't roll up very nicely the square scones that i made had very 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 little waste and it was all cut very nicely as chef tom described along the edges and then in the middle very little waste and i highly recommend doing that yeah i also wanted to point out that uh the second time that we ate the scones we had jelly from when pigs fly which is like absolutely phenomenal i think that we talked about this on our last podcast yeah definitely recommend getting some jelly from when pigs fly if it's somewhere near where you live i think they ship too i'm sure that they do yeah we'll Um, put a link in the uh show notes and the first time that we did this for uh our quote-unquote high tea kim just like whipped up a jam yeah what the heck that was wild (laughs) yeah there were two jams there was one that was like blueberry lemon and then i think the other one was uh like a raspberry mango raspberry peach raspberry peach and it was so phenomenal by the way if you're not like on tiktok like i am all of the time (laughs) i'm like obsessed with cottagecore culture Mm -hmm. and so i just love doing this myself and like watching other people make jam making jam is literally so easy you just like put some sugar and some fruit in a saucepan and then just like let it boil until it's thick and it's everything it's so freaking good uh from there you can can it using traditional like pressure canning techniques we did not do that we just ate all of it (laughs) yeah it it doesn't last long enough for us for us to can yeah exactly uh last thing i want to talk to you about before we sign off what tea did we have at uh at at afternoon tea Oh my god, we had PG tips. PG tips. So, so good. good. So, so, so good. So freaking good. I also good. wanted to mention something else. I wanted to mention the other things that were on our spread. Mm-hmm. Um, James made an absolutely phenomenal tart that was a goat cheese pear tart with so almonds good. on top. It was absolutely divine. One of the most delicious pastries I have ever ever had Mm -hmm. um and then also on the spread uh i think the only other thing we had on the spread was just a plate of hot cheetos Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was a really fun time for the palate because it completely obliterates any sense of taste you have yeah no it's uh it's devastating to the palate i think is what i said on the day of Yeah, it was it was a wonderful time, and we uh, we made scones again a few days later using uh, some more clotted cream, some more. We meaning jam. Brian. Brian did it. Yes, indeed, I made it, and I have a surprise for you, Truge. Remember how I made two batches? Yeah. We still have that entire second batch. Oh my god! I was just about to say I want a scone so bad. Well, I'm after we stop recording. I'm heading downstairs and bringing you some. Oh my god! I'm so excited and so in love. <laughs>